Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Alphonsus Liguori, a priest, bishop, and founder of the Redemptorist Order. And St. Alphonsus grew up the son of a uh, high-ranking Navy officer in Italy, and he grew up doing things that, you know, his noble family uh, would have raised him in, uh, things such as horseback riding and fencing, and uh, he, you know, grew up enjoying uh, cards, gambling, you know, things that the church wouldn't have exactly approved. And because he wasn't able to follow in his father's footsteps in the military because of his health conditions, such like asthma or poor eyesight, he became a lawyer only at the age of 16. He received his doctorate in canon and civil law at the age of 16. And for the next eight years, he never lost a case. He was uh, known for being a top-of-the-line lawyer, even despite his young age. But eight years after being a lawyer, he finally lost a case due to a little oversight. And he kind of crushed his world. And he realized, though, the, the vanity of uh, trying to seek such honor and even fame. And he began to even realize sometimes just the the corruption in the legal justice system. And so he left uh, the field of law and was searching around. He was helping uh, a hospital, going from world, ward to ward, helping the incurables at this hospital run by the church. And while there, he felt, he heard this voice saying, leave the world behind and serve me. And a little startled, he kind of ignored it. But again, he visits another room, and again, he heard that voice, leave the world behind and serve me. And he realized, all right, Lord, I've, I've pushed you off long enough. And so he decides to uh, become a priest, and then only after several years of being a priest, he felt inspired to found the Redemptorist Order. And he had many troubles and divisions within his community, but he always persevered. He was working tirelessly for the betterment of the church, the poor, uh, the, the uncatechized. He was well known for his preaching, going up and down Italy, being known as a very down-to-earth preacher, making sure everybody could understand uh, the gospel. And he was also known to be very holy. There was one time when he was preaching around Christmas time. Christmas time, how many people are there that aren't really practicing their faith but are just there because it's Christmas? And so while he's preaching, he's preaching about the glory of the Blessed Virgin Mary and a frame with an icon of the Blessed Virgin Mary starts shining a light onto Alphonse's face. And 
everyone kind of notices, including himself. And, and he just kind of turns to the, the picture of Mary, you know, this beam of light radiating from it onto him. And he says, my lady, are, are you trying to play with me? And all of a sudden, the image came to life. Uh, and he started, uh, he went into ecstasy and started levitating. And so it was said many conversions were made that day. Many uh, people that were not practicing their faith well or even skeptical, they converted and had a renewal of their faith because of that miracle. He was also known to bilocate, sometimes preaching in the pulpit, but then also in the confessional of another church. Or even one time, uh, a lady had come to their house, the Redemptor's house, to ask for some alms, and the brother didn't feel comfortable giving away the money without the permission of St. Alphonsus, so he sent her away empty-handed. And St. Alphonsus, even though he was known to be preaching, he appeared to that poor woman and gave her the money she needed. Many other cases of bilocation, there is also times uh, where he would be able to know of events without being there, you know, faraway events, including the time when one of the popes had died. Uh, people didn't know this, but all they noticed was St. Alphonsus, after Mass one morning, just sat down in a chair and then wasn't doing anything. Didn't, uh, didn't really show any sign of life other than just kind of staring off or having his eyes closed. And they continued for almost two days and when he finally came to, and the people you know, were checking on him, uh, he, he was kind of uh, surprised that there were several people you know, checking up on him. And, and they said, you haven't done anything, you haven't moved in two days. Uh, and then he said, well, I've been taking care of the Pope. He, he's, uh, he just passed away. And sure enough, that morning, uh, eventually the news came many days later that the Pope did die at that time. St. Alphonsus fought uh, fiercely the heresy of the time with Jansenism, which had taught that man was so corrupt that he could not uh, you know, fully receive the grace of God, and God was very selective in who would receive the grace and mercy of the Lord. St. Alphonsus preached that the mercy of God is for everyone and is available to everyone. And he simply just wanted to show how good the Lord is, how, uh, you know, often early in one's conversion, he'll bring many graces and consolations because we're so attached, uh, especially in gratifying ourselves. But then he would teach people that, you know, in your conversion process, eventually, the Lord is going to withdraw some of those consolations so that you can purify your love, knowing that you do, ought to do good and love God for his sake and his sake alone, not for your own gratification or consolation. And he preached so, so well on the, our Blessed Virgin Mary. He had such a great devotion that when he died, uh, you know, everything in his tomb and his uh, coffin eventually turned to dust, but his scapular, 
his brown scapular that he wore uh, when they checked his uh, body, I think 70 years later or so, uh, the only thing that was still visibly intact, completely perfect, was his brown scapula. St. Alphonsus then is a great uh, example of one who persevered in the midst of difficulties. He, at the end of his life, suffered many illnesses. You know, he could only be a bishop uh, not too long because of his illness was taking a turn for the worse. Uh, at one point, his neck had bent down because of some condition he had into his uh, chest. It was so permanently stuck that it caused a raw wound from his chin into his, uh, in, into his near his breast. And he bore all his pains with great patience uh, and never complained. And he still sought to always never waste his time. You know, all throughout his life, that was what he would encourage his redemptorist brothers to never waste their time, to make sure they do everything for the glory of God, to never lose that opportunity to help uh, save souls. And that is why he also wrote many books. He wrote over 100, almost 110 books and hundreds of pamphlets. And apparently he didn't write his first book until he was 49 years old. So for those of us out there who have written a book, uh, maybe that could give us hope that even when you're near 50, you can still start writing and have a, a whole library written by you. <laughs> he would squeeze in these little hours just in the midst of his busyness, just 30 minutes, it was said, here and there. Sometimes because of his painful conditions, holding up with his left hand, something to help with a headache while uh, writing with his right hand. Again, he just poured himself out completely for uh, the salvation of souls. And for the last seven years of his life, his illness was so bad, he could not even celebrate mass. So for the last seven years of his life, though, he was able to receive communion but he even became basically blind and deaf. But again, he was okay with that because with every heartbeat, with every breath, he knew he could still love God and offer up something of great value to the Lord and for the sake of the church. He's a, not only a saint, but also a doctor of the church, doctor of uh, moral theology, and so all moral theologians uh, can look to him to always remember what is the point of the law of God, that it may guide us to that freedom to love the Lord. And that is, you know, the whole point of the Ten Commandments we heard were given in our first reading from Moses. Uh, the Lord is giving the Ten Commandments because we know the Lord is a merciful and gracious God, slow to anger and rich in kindness and fidelity, continuing his kindness for a thousand generations and forgiving wickedness and crime and sin. And so these commandments of God, the law of God is not there to oppress us or to condemn us. It is there to guide us and to free us that we might have that love of the Lord and to be able to share that love through works of mercy with others. Are you a Marian helper? 
Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.